Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. My name is Clayton Croker, coming to you from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, in a studio that is basically the size of a broom closet. I'm going to post a photo on our Twitter and our Facebook so you can see where Bat Flips and Maple Dips comes from. It's a cool little studio, actually. Hey, Justin, like... I don't mind it. It gets really warm in here, but it's cozy. In the uh, radio world, this is considered a voice-tracking studio. That's where uh, radio DJs and personalities, they record the weekend shows because, spoiler alert here, weekend radio is not live. Dum-dum-dum. It's all recorded. It's all fake. It's all a charade. Uh, we got Justin Anderson to my left here. We got uh, Patrick Marsh joining us via Skype uh, in the good old Maritimes. Uh... Like I said, Facebook and Twitter, join us on there. You can also follow us on Instagram. Uh, we're on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher. Big shout-out to the 11 people who gave us five-star rating on iTunes. We yeah. just discovered that last week. Nothing but good things to say. You're a bunch of beauties. Uh, also, today's episode, it is brought to you by uh, Peanut Butter and Chocolate Cheerios. Hands down, the best fucking cereal you will ever have in your entire life. <laughs> I think it's one of those limited-time cereals. So if you do see it in your local grocery store, pick up a box or like seven. They're amazing. I've always been a Honey Nut Cheerio guy, boys. But mm-hmm. like I'm telling you, peanut butter peanut and chocolate, chocolate. Or Cheerios. Pick. A, you're laughing at me, Justin. No, I'm not. Like, I, I've never heard of them before. And I, I'm sure they'd be very happy to be the sponsor of the 50th episode of our podcast. It is the 50th episode. Good for Congrats, us. Congrats, guys. Hey, go us. Yeah, <laughs> patting our own back. Now, no, let's dial it back for a minute here. Look, Clayton... You know that I love you the same way that a father loves a son. Only but once. <laughs> listen to me when usual. I tell you that chocolate and peanut butter Cheerios are fucking garbage. No, and if not. you are out there buying a box of it, I want you to take that box and do everybody a favor and throw it in the trash and go back and buy apple cinnamon Cheerios. See, here's my beef. Eating, you're just eating sugar for breakfast. Here's my beef with apple cinnamon Cheerios. You want to talk about sugar for breakfast? It's all sugar. I mean, they trick you with the whole, oh, it's apple and cinnamon. It's healthy. No, it's not. If you look at the milk after a bowl of apple cinnamon Cheerios, and I've had <laughs> my, I've had a fair share of apple cinnamon Cheerio bowls in my day. Um, all the sugar just falls to the fucking bottom. It's like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is great, but all the sugar falls off. It goes to the bottom of the bowl, and even when you drink the milk, all the sugar just remains (laughs) on the bottom of the bowl. And if you don't rinse it immediately afterwards, that sugar gets stuck on the bottom of the bowl, and it's impossible to clean after. You don't have that problem with chocolate and peanut butter Cheerios. Just throwing it out there. You get no arguments from me. I don't really... You're not a big cereal guy? I'm a fan of boring cereals like multi-grain Cheerios... Rice Krispies and um, Corn Flakes and Frosted Flakes. <laughs> yeah, I got a big box of Corn Flakes right next Freddy's. to my feet right now. That's what I'm rocking. Wow, we went from a super exciting cereal conversation to multi-grade hey, Cheerios. Man, I'm thinking about and... my uh, my gastrointestinal health when I eat my Shreddies and my <laughs> other fibrous cereals. Hell yeah, Shreddies. My favorite Shreddies were way back when they released these diamond edition shreddies. So they were the same shreddies, except they were diamond shaped. And it was amazing. Like I come in with an absolute heater, peanut butter and chocolate Cheerios. And you guys are talking about gastrointestinal stuff and shreddies. It's a real and... thing. It's a real problem. Oh, if, if you boys. guys could see Clayton's face right now, he just trying to, he's no, trying disgusted. to do it big for the 50th episode here, you know, really trying to do it up big with a limited edition kind of cereal that people would enjoy. It's peanut butter. It's Cheerios. It's chocolate. It's it's a it's a winning combination right there. 
and then here come the here come the, the fifty good, year old dads the good time over boys. here. Like, do you just wash that down with some Metamucil after? Or? Yeah, I mean that does help. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, also, by the way, on today's episode, uh, we're going to talk some hockey in a bit. We're going to talk some Raptors in a bit. Uh, we're going to talk some Jeopardy in a bit. Maybe some Canadian Family Feud. I don't know if you guys have heard that, but Canadian Family Feud is coming. We'll talk about oh that stuff gosh. at the end. Uh, when it comes to baseball stuff, we're going to talk about Aaron Sanchez. We're going to talk about our struggling minor league system. We're going to talk about the Jays' awful series against the Red Sox. We're going to get into uh, who's hot and who's not as well. Um, before we get into the baseball, let's talk about some uh, other sports here. Let's talk about the Raptors first. Let's get some predictions. Do you think the Raptors, Patrick, are going to take this series? Yes. All right, good talk. Uh, Justin, do you think the Raptors are going to take this series? Raps in six. Raps in six. Everyone's been saying Raps in six. No one's been saying Raps in seven. We don't need seven. That's a, that's like a makeup game just in case. But I want them to win in seven so they can win at home. Why don't we win in five then? See, I forgot that the Raptors had home court advantage for the series. Yeah, they had more wins in the Totally forgot. Yeah. Like That's a that's huge. Yeah. I, did, like, I thought it was going to be like, oh, man, we're going to have to steal one in Golden State. We don't really have to. No. Because the Raps are great at home. So you're going Raps in six. That's Patrick, in six. you're going Raps in six? Rap, the Toronto Raptors will defeat the Golden State Warriors in seven games. They're going to do it at home, and the winning shot is going to come from the king in the north, Kawhi Leonard, who will then sign a lifetime deal with the Raptors. And once his career is over, as he ascends into the heavens, it will rain down gold and silver and everyone will forget about vince carter and how he screwed over the raptors by whispering the fact that they were going to run a flare play in the playoffs uh, and that's what happened nobody talks about that by the way and that was big news for me this week was vc was actually on the court giving away plays while he was still playing for the raptors and he convinced tracy mcgrady to leave so he's dead to me now Oh, come on. Vince Carter can't be dead, too. If it wasn't for Vince Carter, the Raptors wouldn't be where they are today. Put the Raptors on the map. Before his through-the-legs dunk, no one could give a crap about the Raptors. I always have a special spot for Vince Carter in my heart uh, because, like many Canadian kids, I got that 15 purple dinosaur jersey (laughs) for Christmas one year, and it was the best Christmas present. Next to my Damon Stoudemire Raptors jersey. I'll never forget that one. I had a Damon Stoudemire, the Mighty Mouse. Oh, yeah. I'm going Raps in four. Oh, I think I, I don't know why. I, I, I that's probably not going to happen. But is Kevin Durant going to play this series? They're thirty three and one without him. I know. So like, I almost kind of want Kevin Durant to play. Is Demarcus Cousins going to play in this Ooh, series? He's questionable for tomorrow's yeah. game. Draymond Green's quote about that was like, "If you put a kid from the suburbs in the ghetto and you ask him to survive, that's what you're asking Demarcus Cousins to do if he plays in this series." And it's like. Draymond Green, that's a horrible analogy. Like, Jeez. stick to basketball and not words, man. That was horrible. Oof. The media day-to-day was actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, when it comes to NHL, the other sport that's big here in Canada, kind of big, uh, Bruins Blues. Do you guys care at all about this, or are you guys more focused on the Raptors? Uh, the Leafs aren't in it anymore, right? No, they're not. Okay, there's my answer. I don't oh, care anymore. Such a classic Leaf fan. Dude, it's basketball season. That's true. <laughs> Patrick, do you care at all about the Stanley Cup still or no? I do in so much as one team has more Canadian players than the other, but I'm actively rooting against the St. Louis Blues because I love their story. They've been in business now since 1967, 
haven't won a Stanley Cup yet. It's the 49th anniversary of Bobby Orr's score and soar goal that uh, knocked out the the Blues in the final. So I can't think of anything more satisfying than watching the Blues continue to suffer. <laughs> and it, uh, it keeps it keeps things a little bit consistent because the Bruins won a cup uh, back in 2011. So like I'm okay with like them still being good enough to hang with the rest of the league and win a title. So. Yeah, fuck the Blues. No, screw Boston. Screw Boston sports in general. Yeah, they have they've had it too good for too long. I can long. never cheer for a Boston team. Could out of, never. Just out of spite and principle, because the Boston. They always win. They always freaking win. And can't I'm just over Tom it. Brady. I'm just over it. Tom Brady. I can cheer for Tom Brady. I just can't cheer for the Patriots. That's fair. I okay. like cheering for Tom Brady. You got to respect Tom Brady. He's a pretty good guy. But also, I'm cheering for the Blues. There's so many good Sasky boys on the Blues. Braden yeah. Shin, who, fun fact, averaged a hat trick a game on me back in Adam Tier 1. Hmm. We played his team four times, Saskatoon <laughs> Flyers versus the Saskatoon Red Wings. He got a hat trick on me every single game. It, He's so good. Does that say more about him or more about you? Mm, ah, both. <laughs> I wasn't that good. But anyone who shoots blocker side on me is going to score. Uh, but then you got uh, Jaden Schwartz. You got Bozak. Yeah. The Blues almost moved to Saskatoon back in the 80s. That's true. That's why we built our big stadium that's like, seems like 80 kilometers outside the city, but it's just outside the city limits here in Saskatoon. They almost moved here. There's a little shrine in Sastel Center that's like, hey, we almost got the blues. Yeah, the, thing that, the thing that almost happened. And then we didn't, because I think our population at the time was like 190,000, 180,000. and wasn't quite enough. <sighs> yeah, there's no way an NHL team is going to go there. Um, again, more predictions. What do you think is going to happen in the Cup? I hope the Blues win. Well, like, do you think they're going? Do you think they're going to win? Like, what's your prediction? I think Boston wins in six. Okay. but I want the Blues to win. Gotcha. I'm going Blues in seven. Okay. Patrick. Bruins, uh, are Bruins the home team? Like, do they have home ice yeah, advantage? Yeah, they have home ice. Uh, Bruins in five. Ooh, regardless of what happens, I am making tons of money on DraftKings so far in hockey. Made 45 bucks during game one. Congrats. Had three lineups, just make an absolute bank. Wow. This episode also brought to you by DraftKings because it's been very, very good to me the past <laughs> couple days. Very good to me. I won 40 bucks on golf, too. Wow. My DraftKings account is... Loaded. My Bet365 account's looking pretty good right yeah? now, too. See, Bet365, oh, it's too serious for me. Oh, see, I tried I, to set it all up and stuff like that, and I gave up halfway through. Oh, I was like, no. I like it. Yeah. I but, like that seriousness. Well, I know that once I get Bet365, I'm going to go broke. I'm a degenerate gambler. Like, I mm. love gambling. So and, do I, but... But if I get Bet365, I'm just going to bet all the time. With DraftKings, I can go, okay, I can have two a day for like three bucks each, and it's fine. You can do the same with Bet365, but... It's all about self-control, Clayton. I have none. <laughs> Zero. I'm eating four bowls of peanut butter and chocolate honey nut <laughs> Cheerios a day now, man. Come on. Uh, let's get to some Blue Jay baseball, shall we? That's let's what the podcast is all about. Uh, anyway, uh, Aaron Sanchez. Someone said that we should trade Aaron Sanchez last year, and I can't remember who it was. Yeah. Who yeah. was that? I think it was some like ginger dude. I think it was me. Oh, he was so right. The one time yeah. I'm right about anything on this podcast. Yeah, well... I agree, I agree that we yeah we probably should have traded him. I think now we do we move him to the bullpen. We have I think we have to. He I don't think there's an option. He can't pitch extended periods of time anymore. Like this guy could be an all star setup man mm-hmm. and or a closer if he ever figures out the control issues. I think in the in a bullpen role, like the dude we saw when when he first came into the bigs as a as a reliever, he was trucking ninety eight. Mm-hmm. Easily, too. Easy. On a consistent basis. Yeah. He's uh, only throwing for one inning. It's pretty easy to throw 98 when you're only throwing 25 pitches. Yeah. Patrick, do you think that Aaron Sanchez would be a good closer for the Blue Jays, or do you think we should still give him a shot as a starter? I think he's his best, his 
how do I put this? If if Aaron Sanchez wants to live his best life, he should either be an opener that can go two or three innings and then pieces out, and he can do that twice a week minimum, uh, or long reliever slash seventh inning guy. He could still eat up 100, 120 innings a, a game. He just he can't start. By the time he hits to the fifth inning, he runs out of gas. Whatever's going on with him, I'm so sick and tired. I am sick and tired of being sick and tired over Aaron Sanchez's fingers. Like, what have we? What body part of all the Blue Jays have we talked about more than Aaron Sanchez's finger? Devin Travis's shoulder. Like, <laughs> there's one. Yeah. Brett Laurie's hey. cement head brain. There's another one we talked Donaldson's about a lot. Dead arm. Yeah, Josh Towers' elbow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, Kevin I, Pilar's slow I, legs. Vladdy's gut. <laughs> Talk about a lot of body parts on the podcast. I just yeah. realized. Uh, like... the, the thing with Aaron is that <laughs> his his stats in the first two innings of the game especially have been very good this season. He runs into trouble in that third and fourth inning, and then also his fifth inning stats have been great. So, I mean, like Patrick mentioned an opener, and, I mean, if Aaron Sanchez can throw the first two innings of a game, that's an option. Um, and then you have somebody behind him who can throw four to five innings, and that covers potentially six or seven innings of your game. And then you go to your bullpen. That's 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 maybe an option for him if he's not just going to be like your standard one inning and done relief pitcher, um, a la Ken Giles or Joe Biagini. Um, I don't mind that opener idea personally. But it's such a niche position. It, like it you is. have to go to the right team to be an opener. Yeah, with the right personnel behind him. I mm-hmm. mean. It would really depend who the Jays would want to throw behind him, essentially. Uh, I mean, if he's going to throw the first two innings, you can bring in a quote-unquote starting pitcher like a Clayton Richard or something, mm-hmm. who right now is building up his pitch count still and still only pitching four or five innings. He's pitched four innings in both of his first two starts and looked okay. Um, but he might be the kind of guy who could follow an opener. I think Aaron Sanchez is too good to be a long reliever. Way too good to just waste him there. Yeah. He'd be a great setup man. I think he'd be a great closer too. But he's reminding me a lot about uh, a guy named Dustin McGowan. You guys remember Dustin McGowan? Brandon Morrow. uh, Jays pitchers that come out hot. Like just that first season with the Jays, they just come out hot. And then injuries start to happen. I remember Dustin McGowan's first season mm. before the mutton chops. Yeah. He was chucking. And like he was a highly touted prospect just like Aaron Sanchez. And instead of his finger, it was his elbow. Yeah, Tommy John, Do you right? remember um, uh, when Casey Jansen was a starting Casey pitcher? Casey Jansen. Brett we moved Cecil. him to the bullpen. Yeah, Brett Cecil as well. Uh, I'm missing one, too. It's on the tip of my tongue. There have been so many of these pitchers yeah, for the Jays. There's a big history. Sean Markham. Sean Markham. That's that was the one I was looking for. He uh, never went to the bullpen, No, though, did he, he didn't. Not for us. No. Um, but there, there's been a history of Blue Jay pitchers who have been homegrown, who have come up and have found success early on as a starting pitcher, as many do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ricky Romero was great for a couple seasons. Yeah. And then for some reason they just, hitters adapt and, and they haven't. And for Aaron Sanchez, it's not that he hasn't adapted, it's that his body isn't letting him pitch six or seven innings to start. So, I mean, yeah, maybe he is a candidate to pitch in an eighth or ninth inning role. Patrick, out of all these obscure pitchers that were mentioned in here, like Markham and McGowan and Morrow, all <laughs> these guys are bringing back some good memories. What's like your favorite obscure Jays pitcher? Like, a pitcher that isn't, like, an all-star but isn't a horrible player, just like a middle-of-the-road classic Jays kind of pitcher. Does one kind of stand out? I, well, yeah, one does until you added the qualifier of all-star because <laughs> before you said that, 
I was going to say my boy, Paul Quantrill, but oh, yeah. he was an all-star, so I he guess was an I can't all-star. use it. For me, it's Ricky Paul Romero. Quant- Paul Quantrill yeah, for Patrick. Paul Quantrill was good. Ricky Romero was good. I have a Brandon Morrow jersey, so I mean, I've got to pick Brandon no, Morrow. No, you got to pick Brandon Morrow then. I love Dustin McGowan, though. Dustin McGowan was my guy. He had so much potential. Kyle Drabeck was another guy, but Kyle Drabeck wasn't homegrown, though. No, he Kyle was Drabeck was from the dock yeah, trade, the dock and trade, yeah. man, he was the most disappointing pitcher I think the Jays have ever had. That might be true, yeah. Like, I can't think of anyone else who had higher expectations than Kyle Drabeck and just really didn't even show a flash. Like, no. I think there was two starts that were like, okay, he's not bad, and then I was like, yeah, no. Yeah. Josh Towers, too. But Josh Towers was always bad. Josh Towers was great in MVP Baseball 2005. Yeah. I'll never never forget (laughs) when Josh Towers had a no-hitter going in the eighth inning. And then he let up a hit. And then afterwards, a reporter asked him, so, like, were you a little disappointed that you didn't get it? And Josh Towers said, and you can check this if you want, I don't have good enough stuff to throw a no-hitter. And it's like, even if you don't, don't say that, man. Oh, I love that. Like, just, just freaking say, yeah, I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> don't just be honest. like, yeah, I'm not that good of a pitcher. Like, I, I can't get oh. a no-hitter. I appreciate your honesty, Josh Towers, but, man, don't say that. that. I think it's awesome. <laughs> uh, what about some other younger pitchers that we have here? Ryan Barucki is going to throw a bullpen on Friday. Yep. Um, Sean Reed Foley. What's he been up to? Is he hurt or is he he's still in the he's minors? Still, he had a great start last week. I think he pitched eight innings mm-hmm. of like one run ball, and then he followed up with a stinker yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really battling control issues this season. There's something that's just not quite right with him. I don't think he's hurt. I think it's just a little bit of a mental thing right now. I'm not sure if sending him down a double A or something is the answer, or if, or, or if just letting him figure it out in triple A is the thing the Jays will do. It's kind of it's pretty disappointing because I mean he was pitching quite well towards the end of last year in the minor leagues before he was called up to the big league roster for a little while, and it's he's kind of taking a step back in the development this year. Yeah. And for a guy who is I think he's like twenty four or something already, that's tough at this point to see him not really figuring it out. I still think he will. Um, with him, I think it's more so just mental at this point, just getting over that hurdle of he gets roughed up in one inning he's 23 uh roughed up in an inning and then he just can't bounce back well one thing is too at the end of last year it seemed like it was sean reed foley ryan mm-hmm. barucki future of the rotation we're going to see him a lot next year yeah we haven't seen any of them this year basically are you a little frustrated by that too patrick like you're frustrated by aaron sanchez's finger but are you frustrated at the fact we can't see these two guys pitch for the jays uh yeah i mean we like, honestly, I'm okay with this season being a write-off because if you look at it, uh, we had the worst luck imaginable when it came to our starting rotation. Like, look at all the every Everybody got hurt at one point except for Marcus Stroman. Yeah. So, I mean, if you take out, take out uh, the, like, five or six starters off of the Yankees or the Red Sox, they're going to be 11 or 12 games below 500. It doesn't matter what their hitters are doing. If they're if their starting pitchers have an ERA over six because they're AAA guys and they're just not good enough to do it, this this is what happens. So like, I'm not frustrated with that. I'm more, I I'm seriously concerned about Sean Reed Foley and his development. His he's actually hurt again. Uh, he has some kind of like aggravated back issue right now. He's not expected to miss 
any time or miss a start, but he just has not looked good this year. And that's starting to scare me because, like, yeah, let me throw some numbers out for you. Ben should retire right now. <laughs> like, he should just literally retire from baseball. You, you tell somebody to retire once a week, it seems, on the podcast. Yeah. Last week, I think it was Evan Jackson. <laughs> it was. Jackson should retire. He still should retire. Yeah, you're, you're, Elvis you're right about that one. should retire, too. Oh, he's 19, Patrick. Yeah, they're still pretty good <laughs> baseball players. Um, just let me throw some numbers out for Sean Reed Foley. He's still striking out almost 10 guys a game. His big problem this year, he's walking seven batters for nine innings. 10 guys a game or 10 guys per nine innings? 10 guys per, for nine innings, okay, sorry. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So like five guys a game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's, but he's walking oh, seven for nine. And yeah. his home runs Bad. have been high. His BABIP, oh. like they're not hitting, like when they're putting the ball in play, it's only a 254 average. So it's not like the guys are hitting a tee, off the tee on him. It's just he's putting guys on base and then giving up home runs. Mm-hmm. He's shooting himself in the foot. And that's why I think, like, maybe this back thing is part of the problem. Maybe he's just, he's not able to get the ball down. His, his fly ball numbers are crazy high mm-hmm. right now from where they have been in the past. His ground ball numbers have gone down. So it's just a matter of him having a hard time getting the ball low enough in the zone to induce ground balls right now. So that's that's his big issue. One thing that really bothers young pitchers is uh, runners on base. Mm. Because when they're young and yeah. they're lighting it up in high school, they're not used to having a lot of runners on base. They're Very used true. to just striking out guys going three up, three down. And then when they get to higher levels and they have to deal with guys on base, they don't like that stress. Yeah. So it takes a long time to get used to that. That's a good point. I mean, you, when you ump young pitchers, mm-hmm. there's always that dominant guy who doesn't have to worry about it. And then when they go to a provincial final or something like that where the pressure's on, those big hotshot guys yeah. that young teams have, they crumble because they hate runners on well, base. Well, and you see like those like some guys are just really good at pitching out of a windup. They get in a rhythm. Mm-hmm. If, they, if they go a couple of innings without giving up a hit, then all of a sudden the third inning they walk the leadoff guy and they pitch yeah. from the stretch for the first time. Mm-hmm. It just kind of gets in their head a little bit because they haven't pitched in the stretch all game. And all of a sudden now they have to worry about a runner on first base. Yeah. And, I mean, there's some pitchers that I see in games here locally that – are very good pitchers, but they're head cases. As soon as they oh, get a yeah. runner on base, they cannot stop thinking about the runner. They're constantly trying to pick the runner off, and they just can't throw strikes in. They're trying to locate the ball too well to get a ground ball instead of just throwing it. I think that might be a problem with Sean Reed Foley because, again, be he looks great without runners on base, but then runners get on base, and then he leaves the ball up, and he's forgetting about his location, keeping yeah. the ball down, and I think that might be a little bit of his problem. Um, let's talk about our minor system for a bit here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Patrick, again, are you frustrated by this? It's the Is Patrick Frustrated show today. <laughs> um, are you frustrated a little no. bit by our minor league system? Because last year, New Hampshire was great. Our AAA team, Buffalo, wasn't too bad, and our single-A teams were pretty good. This year, our minor league teams aren't doing too hot. With the exception of Dunedin. I think Dunedin's doing okay. Mm. But Lansing's not great. Dunedin's not great. Buffalo's not great. And everyone's always talking about how good our farm system is. And yet the record's not really showing it. Patrick, are you a little bit worried about our future, considering the fact our minor league teams aren't doing so hot as they were? Well, not so hot, but not as good as they were last year. No, it doesn't matter. I mean, they're at most, the team, the minor league teams have played like 50 games. And honestly... Does anybody on this planet give a shit about whether or not a low A ball team wins a championship? Oh, I'm a diehard. Because if there is, <laughs> I f- die hard. Never miss Field. a game. <laughs> Bluefield. Like, does anyone care if Bluefield wins a championship? No. Bluefield has a start of the season, I'm not yeah. trying to, like, get AA and AAA, but the point is, like, look at what we are starting to empty the coffers into the, like, our, our roster. Like, Guriel is up, uh, Biggio's up. Guerrero's up, Jansen's up. 
I mean, it's only a matter of time before Nate Pearson's probably going to have to log some shitty innings because uh, we're just running That's out of pitchers. Happen, yeah. uh, so, I mean, like, we're this is it. This is us emptying the farm system into the the roster so they can develop. This is we were going to always have these growing pains. And it does not matter what the record of your minor league team is. What matters is your key prospects. Are they performing the way they're expected to perform? And if not, you know, what is the next step? How do we help them? Yeah, a big What's... problem this year is, like, like you just mentioned, the big prospects haven't been performing that well. I mean, Bobichet, to be, to, his, to be fair, got hurt. Biggio played well. But I think there's probably 20 or 22 guys in our top 30 list this year who are not playing well. Mm-mm. Um Alejandro Kirk is a guy who I think is number 30 or number 27 on the list. He's a catcher who started a season in in, uh, in uh, Lansing. And he's already moved up to Dunedin because he is playing well. He's hitting the ball like crazy right now. He's a five foot nine guy from Mexico. Um, they call him like something. It's like a, it's a big, big something. He's a big boy. But he's hitting like crazy well. He's hitting 367 in, in, in uh, Dunedin. In, in 15 games in uh lansing he was hitting 300 so they moved him up to dunedin and he's hitting 367 mm-hmm. so far in 15 games there so he's playing well um guys like samad taylor and chavez young who were both in lansing last year both stole 40 plus bases they're both hitting near 200 right now anthony alford is on as on like a 15 game on base streak and his average is still only at 226 because he started off so he's so shitty he's mm-hmm. hitting 325 over his last 10 games but then you have guys like nate pearson who are pitching well but um, obviously, Sean Reed Foley's not. He's in the top 10. Um, other guys haven't started their seasons yet, but for the most part, it seems like about half or more of our top 30 list is just struggling to start the year. One thing that's a little worrisome to me, and I'm not too worried about it. Again, it's minor leagues. Mm-hmm. We can always acquire guys and stuff like that. But before the season, again, we were expected to have like a top five we minor were league system. Yeah. <laughs> it was hyped up. And again, we have individual performers that are playing great, which is fine, which is what you want. Yeah. Because again, you want them to get called up to the big leagues and play well when they get to Toronto. You don't want them to. Pl- you want them to play well in the minors, but you essentially want them to play well and have success when they're in Toronto. Yeah. The thing is, I don't think they're getting that winning experience because I think that was huge for the guys in the Fisher Cats last year. Mm-hmm. They got a taste of what it's like to be a winning baseball team, and they know what it's like to be a championship baseball team. Yeah, they're a two-minor team now. Our minor league teams right now aren't winning that much. Yeah. So when they get to the majors, they're not going to know what it takes to win a lot. And maybe that's a pretty minor thing, but because, again, it's all about kind of the individual when it comes to minor league baseball. You don't really care about the team record when you're a Blue Jay fan, like you don't care about how the Fisher Cats are doing. You you care about the individual players, but I'm worried that they're not really getting that winning experience. Maybe it's a little nitpicky to be worried about that. Cause I'm just a, I'm just a worrier Wendell, you know me, but uh, I kind of wish our minor league system, like last year it was so sweet having our minor league system just be awesome. It was like, this is what Tampa Bay feels like all the time. This is great. Yeah. And now it's Tampa it's, Bay Atlanta. Yeah. It's not doing so great. Um, also uh, Griffin Conine, he's going to be playing for New Hampshire. He's uh, one of our better... Lansing, probably. Is he going to Lansing? He'll probably go to Lansing. He's first. one of our better prospects, too, right? He got yeah, suspended for 50 days. Yeah, Ritalin suspension, which, I mean, if you're going to get a drug suspension, that's one that you don't... I mean, you don't hate him for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a, kind of a shitty... Oh, God, no. No, you can't. Yeah, it's, it's a it, stupid rule. It wasn't uh, HGH, so, I mean, yeah. it wasn't like he was Roger Clemens or Barry Bonds. When I can't stop fiddling, I just take my Ritalin. <laughs> was that the Simpsons episode where Bart's yeah. all hopped up on Ritalin? Focusing is, is, is the... Uh, is the drug name in there? Yeah, that's right. God, yeah, I watch way too much Simpsons still. Uh, let's talk about uh, how the Jays did against the Red Sox. Spoiler alert, not great. And the Padres. Um, I'll let you go first here. 
Patrick, you're batting leadoff on the Red Sox series here. Just your overall impression of the Jays' performance against Boston. Wow. Shit. Just shit. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it. I'm thrown to Justin. Uh, at least Marcus Stroman pitched well. Pitched great. I mean, Aaron Sanchez, to his credit, pitched well, too. He, had, he, had, he pitched a quality start in, in Game 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clayton Richard pitched a, a good four innings as well in Game 4. It was the bullpen and Edwin Jackson's. Edwin Jackson got absolutely hammered in Game 1. bad. Um, the score was bad. He had, like, a shit ton of runs. Then Marcus Stroman came back, like, 110-2 to two in Game 2. And then Sanchez was solid, but the bullpen blew it. And then we also didn't score enough runs. And then Richard was solid, bullpen blew it, and we didn't score enough runs again. Yeah. So uh, that was kind of the theme of the of the week is bullpen blew blew it a lot. <laughs> that ten two game, like again, game two of the series, I was like, hey, you know what? We're gonna split this series. It's gonna yeah, go back and it was forth. Okay. But they looked really bad in games three and four. Mm. It's weird how a team can have one of those games against a division rival where they look so good and they put up tons of runs and they're pitching great and then the next day just lay an egg, just look like a totally different team. Yeah. And maybe that is the leadership of the squad. I don't know. I'm not in the bull I'm not in the locker room or the bullpen or anything like that. I, I don't know what's going on. It's just a lack of skill. It's just a lack of everything. <laughs> leadership, skill, anything. And just when you thought it couldn't get worse, <laughs> we we lost two or three to the Padres. The Padres are a good team this year. No, they're not. Yes they are. They're two games above 500. I wouldn't say they're good, but I wouldn't say they're bad either. They're better than us, which isn't saying too much. Um, the only good thing that came out of that series was Biggio making his debut and hitting yeah. a bomb in that second game or third game, I believe. The third game, yeah. and that was the game that Chris Paddock was supposed to start, but they scratched him late. He was having some shoulder tightness or something, like some muscle stuff, so we mm-hmm. got lucky there because we got to face their bullpen, and that's why we won yeah. that, that game. But 19-4 to in game two, boys. Yeah. Low point of the season so far? Oh, there's been like five different low points. We just keep going so lower. Every time we think we've hit, I think we've used the term rock bottom a couple times on the podcast. There have been two rock bottom moments this past week. Aaron Sanchez's finger and the 19-4 yeah. loss. Like, yeah. It just and keeps happening. I mean, that 19-4 game, I had it on in the background. I was doing some stuff in my room, just like cleaning up and filing some things. Mm-hmm. And every time I'd come back out of, out, of the, out of my walk-in closet where my cabinet is, There'd be another home run hit by the Padres. Yeah. It's just my God! Like it was, it was like one of those car crashes where you just can't look away. You just want to watch to see, like, how can they get to twenty? Like yeah. I was like, I was like, I was chanting the top of the ninth. We want twenty. We want twenty. <laughs> Patrick, what were your first impressions of uh, Kavon Biggio? Um, he hits like his dad, but with more power. So I like it. I think he's he's definitely going to be as good as what we thought he would be one thing that i'm impressed with is the fact that he does have that power like i really underestimated his uh his power stroke it's it's crazy i said he wasn't ready last week and i still don't think he's quite ready but he's more ready than i thought i thought he was going to be a little bit more raw when he got called up he thought he was going to look a little bit more out of place he does have a baby face Oh, which makes time. him look out of place. That's why I hate when baseball players have that baby face and you're like, you're not going to intimidate any pitcher yeah. going up to the plate. Like, it is huge for a batter who just looks hard as fuck <laughs> going in the batter box and just being like, oh, I'm taking this yard. Pitchers are like, oh, man, this guy looks... Like Mookie oh, Betts boy. with that little snarly Exactly, just, you know? It's, it's like, you know, but yeah. come on, BJ's going up there. He's got a smile. Huh? Did I, uh? <laughs> and it's just like, oh, man, like, you're not intimidating he's, he's anyone up so there, man. He's so happy to be there. He's really happy to be there. Um, and Lourdes Gurriel came back the same game as, as Kevin yeah. made his debut they called him back up and he's playing left field yeah 
Uh, Justin Smokes also, yeah. Justin Smoke also had a really good series against San Diego. He had a great though. week, actually. Yeah, he had a really, really good week in general. We'll talk about too. him in the hunt or not. Mm-hmm. But um, the old Tampa Bay Devil Rays got us again. They got us. Uh, what's the score? We're recording it. It's three uh, three right now. It's three three right now in Top game three. We won. No out. Grichik's up. We have scored uh, two runs in this. Or a run in the top of the eighth to tie the game. So how can we just not beat this team in Tampa? They're very good at home, and they only have five thousand fans who come up to watch their games. Fifty-seven hundred. That Let's was give them a little bit. Lowest of credit crowd here. in Trop history last Let's night. Give them a little bit of credit here. Fifty-seven hundred. Yeah. But yeah, that was it. Was like an Expos game. <laughs> like I remember watching the Expos on. Um, it wasn't the score. It was Headline Sports back in the day. Was oh, yeah. it called Headline Sports? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching the Expos on there, and it was quiet. You remember? And, uh, I think they get about as much tens as the Blades got for playoff games, and that's a WHL. No, the Blades got uh, the Blades got eleven hundred there last game 11,000 yeah not only oh, yeah. 1100 yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, they got 11,000 their last game okay. or 10,009 or something like that sweet uh game four against PA they got nine so yeah so the, yeah the blades or WHL hockey team is beating out a major league baseball team right that's now. just not good and again it's because their building's a dump and it's in a shitty part of town it's in a really bad part but of town and they're, it's the Rays they're ARA what's their record right now they are a like 32 and 19 team or something they're like a really that. good team Snell looked pretty bad against us the first couple of innings, but I think he settled down. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, like, do you guys does this division like? Do you ever just wish that they could just relocate the Jays to another division? <laughs> because we're never going to be Tampa and Tampa. That's just never going to happen. And the Red Sox and the Yankees are always going to be good. We could be in the AL Central because we're right above Detroit, so yeah. we're close enough. But like, do you guys ever just wish that? Because like, <laughs> our division is so hard. We might be able to win this. Cent- oh no, the Twins are good this year. Yeah. <laughs> again, we had those two in- those two years of Jose Batista, Edwin time. That was our window, and. Uh, we're not gonna have another window for at least a couple more years, but like yeah. even with our awesome farm system and our awesome prospects, it's still like oh, we still got to go through New York and Boston, and and then Tampa's always there as well. Thank God for Baltimore, but uh, I just I hate our division. Um, looking ahead to the week uh, coming up here, who do you think is gonna have a big week coming up here, Patrick? Mm, if he ever gets to pitch, I'm gonna say Ken Giles. I think Ken Giles has had a tremendous season and. If he can get out there and, and log some innings, I think he's gonna be he's gonna be our all star this year. I'm calling it now. Okay, another prediction. Again, it's the uh, episode of what frustrates Patrick and predictions. Uh, <laughs> um, Justin, what do you? Uh, what's your prediction for who's gonna be good this upcoming week? For I the think Jays? Justin Smoke's gonna keep it going. Okay. We had we had talked to him a lot the last couple of weeks how he had a very high on base percentage but a very low average, and this week it finally started coming around for him. Obviously, he hit five home runs in the week. Uh, so it's. I think he's going to continue on a little hot streak here. He'll go on a tear. Let's keep talking about Justin Smoke because Let's he had that. a great week. Huge week. Um, again, he's only batting two thirty one right now, um, but his on base is three seventy six. The boy gets on That's base. That's crazy how like that difference in numbers right there. But he's also hitting the ball deep. He had those yeah. two home runs against San Diego that were clutch. He's got his power back. Do you think we're going to see this Justin Smoke for the rest of the year, Patrick? Yeah. He's he's definitely locked in right now, and he actually has two hits tonight, including the game tying RBI. He's out of the game now. BGO is the pinch runner. Uh, the bases are loaded right now for Freddie Galvis, so that should be an interesting situation, especially top of the eighth with the game tied. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, Smoke was two for four tonight with a ribby. He's upped his average to two thirty seven. His OBP is still astronomically high for the year. Uh, 
I, I like it. If if Ken Giles isn't our all star, Justin Smoke should be our all star. He's still he's still the heart of the the offense on this team. Five home runs is ridiculous. Do you think he keeps it up for the rest of the year? I would like to say so. Yeah, I believe Smokey's are like Patrick said, one of our best players. And um, there's a stat, you know, I like stats called expected weighted on base weighted on base average. So Justin Smoke has a 4.27 expected weighted on base average right now, and his actual weighted on base is only 3.94. So I mean, he's actually had some bad luck against him. Um, it's the he's the eleventh highest expected weighted on base average in baseball. Guys that he's ahead of: Freddie Freeman, Anthony Rizzo, Jose Martinez, Austin Meadows. Some very good hitters. He's right behind um, George Springer, Josh Bell, and Joey Gallo, who are having great years too. Cody Bellinger's leading that list by quite a bit. Mm-hmm. He's how about Cody Cody Bellinger for a second? Like that guy is unbelievable. He's, really he's got good. twenty jacks already. And he's so lanky. Like he's yeah. not a t- he's not your his, typical his left handed swing. I love those lefty smooth strokes yeah. though. He's mm. not your typical jacked home run hitter. He's like a Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah, he's lanky and relies yeah. on his super smooth anyway, swing. <laughs> back to the chase. Um, Lord of Stur- can hit fifty this year. Yes, easily. I think he will. Bellinger going to crack 50. I think he'll crack 60. I was going to say he's he going to crack. I, I bet you he's getting 61. We're just about a third of the way through the season. He's got 20 already. Yeah, I think and he's going to hit 61. Christian Yelich is hot on his tail, too. Yeah. Those guys are so good. Again, Yelich yeah. is kind of a lanky guy, too. He's yeah. Too... It's a very good. They have good line drive yeah. swings. It's almost as if baseball players aren't on steroids anymore. It's what? weird. It's also uh, that they just get it by on scale. Yeah. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., he's playing pretty good yeah, I, mean, he, I mean he's got to prove it though he's, I mean, he's hit three home runs since he's been back him in three straight games too yeah and he's then, still uh, got a lot to prove though whenever you get demoted you gotta you can't just have a couple good games yeah. you gotta really you gotta have like a good month it's do two you, for four again tonight yeah do you expect Guriel to uh, stick with us the rest of the year Patrick oh hell yeah guys Lourdes Guriel Jr. is back he's, he's got another games. jack tonight it's been three games uh, he's this is game six, actually. No, it's been Whatever. four, isn't it? This is game six that he's been back now. That's still not enough. Game six, he has four home runs and six RBIs, and his batting average is very close to 500. <laughs> Let's give credit where credit is due. And he's, he playing, he's had good six games. And he's so. playing a good defense in left field. Yeah. Um, he hasn't overthrown first base yet. Ha ha. From, from yeah. left yeah. field. Yeah. Talk to me when he's played 36 games and he's kept this up. 36 games. 36 games. Because, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll check in. Make make a note. Well, let's see games. where Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Sure. is after 36 games because I can't, like, it's awesome. Whenever you, get, whenever yeah. you get demoted and you get called up, you're like, okay, let's prove it. But I don't know. I just – I mean, to be fair, Teoscar Hernandez has gone down. He's not doing much in AAA. So at least Gurriel yeah. went down and hit well. No, he killed it. Again, he proved that he belonged with the team, but mm-hmm. I'm just – I don't He's played in 18 games total this season, and yeah. his, his average is up to is 263. It's actually up to 279 mm-hmm. tonight. So we'll see what he's at in another 18 games. When it comes to hitters uh, <laughs> who are not, they are yeah. not hot, uh, Danny Jansen. <sighs> oh, man. Poor Danny. Again, at the beginning of the year, it was like, okay, he's a rookie. He's getting used to it. I was just more mad about his defense. His defense has gotten better. Yeah. I thought his hitting was going to get better. <laughs> it has not. When are we going to get a catcher that is going well, to hit for average? Our catchers combined for two hits this week, and they both had one each. So awesome! That's what I want out of my yeah. Catchers. So I mean, it's it's like Dumb and Dumber back there right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least Dumber can pitch an inning. I'm just going to relief. I'd rather have Danny Jansen than Luke Maley still. <laughs> yeah. But like, still, do, like, do, do we just let Danny Jansen have his rookie troubles, Patrick, yes. or do we make a do we oh, make sorry. a change, or do we just grind it out? We have no choice. There's no alternative unless we want to bring up Reese McGuire. It's just this. It is what it is. He he's really struggling. Uh, he threw out a batter in the uh, bottom of the seventh. 
which was very impressive. So defensively, he's you know as good as as could be expected of a, a young rookie. Um, the bat is embarrassingly bad. I don't even know what to do at this point because like we don't really have a choice because our it's either him or Luke Maley, and Luke Maley's not really any better. Danny Jansen might as well just take the L and it and deal with the fact that his batting average this year is going to be well below 200. And then I don't know. It is what it is, man. Still I almost early. think we're better off having the pitchers uh, hit <laughs> instead of Danny Jansen, so that way uh, the DH can cover the catcher position. That's ridiculous. But Oh, and look at that. The Blue Jays just blew a bases loaded, nobody out, grounded into a double play, and then Brandon Jury just lined out. So classic it wouldn't be a blue jays game without us blowing it with denny uh, jansen has 235 career bats he's batting 238 over his career or sorry no he's batting 198 over his career so far i was gonna be like wow let's let's see where he's let's let's see where he's at after 300 abs so another like less than a month another 65 at bats and we'll see where he's at. If he's hitting below 200 after 300 at-bats, we'll, we'll be, yeah. there'll be trouble. But, again, we have no other option. We don't. We just have no other yeah. option. We'll just let him grind out his rookie as, year. Maybe yeah. he just lights it up as a sophomore. As bad as his offense has been, his defense is graded very highly on Fangraphs. He's still balancing out to a 0.0 war, so he's a league average player. Yeah, that's um, good. Even I'm, though his offense has been terrible. Well, his so. defense also was horrible the first two weeks. He had a lot of errors his first two weeks. Yeah. So the fact that he got back to that level, it's kind of like Grichuk last year. He's, he was so bad to start, but he's... Gaining it back. He's caught eight out of twenty-five base doors, which is like thirty-three percent. Mm-hmm. So he's he's doing. Does that like, include tonight? That or... does not include tonight. So I guess nine out of twenty-six would be base doors. Mm-hmm. So he's 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 that's... league. He's just above league average in that regard. Yeah. So block balls though. That's one thing. He's still letting a few by him. Yeah, he's letting a few, but he's look. He's looked a little better. He's getting. He'll get there. I think mm-hmm. that's one thing he'll focus on. Yeah, Jonathan Davis. Whatever. Be, he's yeah. Be above league average guys. Uh, right now, his caught stealing percentage is thirty-four point six. Yeah. That's extremely high. That's pretty. That's good. well above average. Yeah, it's good. But again, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about the block and balls aspect. There's been a lot of times where we have a runner on first, and then he lets a ball by him, goes to second, very next pitch, perfect ground ball for a double play, <laughs> and it's like, well, we could have got out of the inning, Danny, and instead we're gonna have let them in and have another run, and it's those little things that just yeah. And then Edwin Jackson gets the ground exactly. Slam. You know, it's just it's those little things that you can. You can avoid with just the, the little details. Right, let's go to pitchers. Huh? Yeah, uh, let's go to pitchers here, shall we? Uh, Joe Biagini's hot. He's doing great. I don't know what else to say about it because no one saw this coming. But uh, it, it's just, he, he's a bullpen guy. He's not a starter. He's not a spot starter. He's not a long, well. He's a long reliever slash bullpen guy. So sorry, Joe Biagini. We still feel bad for ripping you apart for. The better part of six months is Luke Milley our best low leverage reliever right now. He has two career innings yes. pitched. He's got three strikeouts and two career innings pitched. The dude is averaging over ten strikeouts per nine innings, boys. <laughs> horrible. Yes, stat. he is our. He is. He is the greatest non Tom Hankey reliever <laughs> in the history of the Toronto Blue Jays. That's, I hate that per nine innings pitch. Stat. I love that. That's right? why you threw that out with yeah. Sean Reed Foley. Yeah, yeah he's striking out ten Sean, guys a game. I'm like, at what? least Sean Reed Foley has pitched more than two innings. Yeah. I'm like, well, you strike out ten guys a game or ten per ten nine? Per nine yeah. yeah, I was like, okay, so, that makes a lot more I mean, sense. Yeah, Ken Giles has been great. Marcus yeah. Stroman's had two five inning starts in a row. His last one in Tampa, he there's a the illness going through the Jays clubhouse right now, and that's why Stroman only lasted five in his latest start. Yeah. Uh, Bijo. Bijo was out yesterday with with illness. He's obviously back in the game tonight as a pitch runner and 
they'll probably be in the field now. Yeah. Um, so there's a little bit of an illness going around, but uh, Stroman's actually gotten a couple of wins and some run support in his last two starts. Those are the two games that we've won this week mm. are those games that Stroh started. So, I mean, he deserved that after the way he's been pitching this year, so I'm happy for him. Yeah, the guys who aren't pitching so well, um, obviously Thomas Pannone. <laughs> obviously. Obviously. <laughs> uh, Sam Gaviglio, though, guy who was on our hype train to start the year, it was like, oh, okay, boy. we might have something here. Do we still have something here, Patrick, or are you kind of giving up on him? Uh, he'll he'll be fine. It's just the like he was pretty well protected until he wasn't, and then – he got absolutely clobbered, and for whatever reason, after the first like <laughs> half dozen hits, they just kept him in. And I don't really understand it, probably because we don't have anybody else. But like, I can't imagine this doing a lot for his confidence. I mean, he went from having like an extremely good stat line to having one that just makes him look meh. We I mean, up, yeah, we give up eighteen home runs this week. Eight. Pretty bad. <laughs> That's a lot. It's pretty bad. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I'm just looking like, I mean, you look at all the guys who are at the bottom of our ERA list this past week. If you take <laughs> out Edwin Jackson, it's all relief pitchers. Every single it, one. It almost seems like whenever, like, again, we were hyping up the bullpen for the past month, and now they're bad. They've, they've been overworked a lot this week. Yeah. I mean, you look at Stroman only going five. Obviously, he had two good starts. Um, but the bullpen has to pitch four innings in those starts. And then you have guys like Edwin Jackson who come in and just throw stinkers every four days, um, every five days, sorry. And the bullpen has to go at least five innings in those games. And then, I mean, Trent Thornton went six in his last start. Aaron Sanchez had to leave the game. Um, he had two starts and only three innings total this week. So that's another nine innings in those two starts that the bullpen had to cover. So mm-hmm. it's just like, it adds up. If your starting pitching doesn't give you depth, Unless you have a great bullpen like the Tampa Bay Rays, who who do who use the opener strategy yeah. and pitch bullpen days, you're not going to be able to keep your team in the game. Your guys are going to get tired, and you're going to have to use guys like Elvis Luciano, who was on the bereavement list, but in his one inning, one and a third inning, he pitched, gave up five hits and two runs. Yeah, again, if you have three good bullpen guys, that's fine. Yeah, you build your bullpen around oh, yeah. three guys. If your starting pitchers are good, are good, because if your starting pitchers are bad, you're going to use those guys it's all the time. It's like that Yankees bullpen where they have. Uh, Batances and Chapman mm-hmm. and couple of, and uh, whatever the other guy's name is at the Adam Gray or something is yeah. at the back end. But their really. starters are so good they that they good. they can just use those three they guys. Distance. Our starters are so bad that we got to go to guys like Derek yeah. Law and all those random guys that pitch for us. And it's like, yeah. who are these guys? I mean, like, we had to bring up Jacob Wegus Pack, who who did pitch four innings in that uh, Sanchez finger start and did reasonably well. He's a big boy. Three runs, two two of them were earned. Yeah. He's that big um, but guy, he struck right? out seven and four innings. Yeah, he's that really, really big. He's tall that big guy? guy that we got in the loop trade. Yeah. So I mean, I liked him. Yeah, I I thought he pitched very well, and and I was listening to the the broadcast tonight before we came here, and Pat and Tabby said, or Pat and Tabby, Pat and Buck said they were uh, <laughs> <laughs> talking to the Rays hitters, and they all had very good things to say about Vegas Pack, saying he was very tough to pick the ball up off him, and his movement was good, and the ball was exploding out of his hands. So they, if if the opposition's giving the guy a kid yeah. compliments, that means they they might have something there. It's like what they were saying with Osuna two years ago. Yeah, it was Albert Pujols who was like, "This kid's freaking good." This kid's good. freaking like, good. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, okay, when yeah, again, when Albert Pujols is saying that, it's yeah. it's uh, it's quite the so, yeah yeah that's high praise. Yeah, um, we're gonna end the show today with uh, a game show debate because two big things are kind of making waves 
with uh, game shows. One, that guy on Jeopardy has made like $2.4 million. What's his name again? James, right? Something yeah, like James. that. James Holzhauer. Holzhauer. He's made $2.2 million. 2.195, but let's just round up. Yeah. And then there's news that Family Feud Canada is going to start up. Who's Jerry gonna... D is going to oh be the host. Oh, my God, yes. Jerry D is going to be the host of Family Feud Canada, and it's just going to be like Family Feud, but just canadian But not questions. Steve Harvey, so it'll actually be well, funny. Also, not Steve Harvey questions. Like, I remember back when Louis Anderson and Richard Karn hosted Family Feud, <laughs> and the questions would be like, name something you throw in the laundry machine. And now it's like, name something you do if you caught your wife fucking another guy. <laughs> and it's like, what happened to the show? Like, it's just all so like it's, rude. It's all just Steve Harvey turning to look at the camera. Yeah, and, break and the like just wall. like weird questions. So like, I'm going to ask you guys this. What's the better game show, Family Feud or Jeopardy? Jeopardy. Pure game show, like pure like skill-based game show. Yeah. It's got to be Jeopardy. Okay. But like, Pure chaos, Family Feud. Okay, Patrick. Are you ready for a spicy oh, hot take? If you say like the newlywed game, Wheel of Fortune. No, the greatest game show that television has ever seen is Jeopardy. The greatest host of any game show we have ever seen is Alex Trebek. Yeah, the man is Bob an Baker disagrees man. with you, sir. Got to go shout out to Alex Trebek. Hopefully he's doing well yeah, in his cancer treatments. Yeah, he is. His cancer's yeah. in remission, by the way. Good for him. Yeah. but uh, It's also in remission. The, the tumors have shrunk, Yeah, I which love, is good I love good Alex him. Trebek, but I mean, he's got nothing on Bob. Canadian. You got nothing. I, I know. I love Alex Trebek. Again, I, I, I can't be biased because yeah. he's Canadian. But man, Bob Barker is the guy. Bob Barker was great. When you think remember game show host, I think, Bob, I think Bob Barker is the number one guy that comes in. Yeah. Maybe Trebek's up there, though, but Trebek's still around. So maybe when Trebek finally retires, Trebek will surpass Bob Barker. But for me, Bob Barker has a special I mean, place Pat Zajac and Vanna White have been hosting yeah, Wheel of Fortune for, there too. for years, Zajac too. parties, too, man. Yeah. I mean, Pat Zajac, I bet you that guy just and throws Regis down. Regis on Millionaire? That was, yeah. Those were good times, too. But, uh, yeah, but, like, these game shows, I remember, like, 10 years ago, they weren't really that popular anymore. And no. now people love game shows. Family Feud is so fun to watch. I love Family Feud. The lightning round at the end there. Uh, I think that's it for uh, episode 50 of Batflows and Maple Dips. Thanks for listening. Episode 50 episodes. 50, cool. Guys. Good for us. Uh, awesome. Pat on the back. Uh, again, to everyone who listens on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, yeah. on uh, wherever you listen. Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Anchor, all those things. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Give us a follow. Uh, give us a like. Give us a comment. Give us a review. Give us whatever. Um, that's Patrick. That's Justin. My name's Clayton. Uh, I get this song today. It's from a guy. He is, he's ginger, so I might be a little biased here. But his name is Tyler Childers. Uh, have you guys ever heard of Coulter Wall? Oh, yeah. Obviously. Good yeah. Sasky boy, Coulter Wall. This Great guy guy. sounds a lot like him, okay. but not low. Mm. So the same style, but a little bit of a higher voice. It's called Nose to the Grindstone. He's, uh, he's an awesome musician. Enjoy it. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. See you later. Daddy worked like a mule mining Pike County coal. He fucked up his back, couldn't work anymore He said one of these days you'll get out of these hills Keep your nose on the grindstone and out of the pills See the ways of this world just bring you to tears 